Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome to another episode of Sky Women Podcast. Welcome back, community. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today because I have Dr. Latifa here and she is Money Fit MD. This fabulous woman helps women solve their money problems. And it is so empowering as a woman to know that you have agency over your money. Welcome, Dr. Latifa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such a pleasure to come chat with you on your platform. (laughs) Absolutely. So I love Dr. Latifa and I feel like I've been talking to everybody about her (laughs) recently because I've worked with Dr. Latifa around my own limiting money beliefs. And so I just thought it would be so empowering for my audience to hear some of your best money tips for women so that they can take charge of their life. Absolutely. No, I love your, you know, your platform. I love that you do this for women, not just women physicians, because ultimately, right, our health matters, Mm -hmm. our lives matters, our physical, sexual health, whatever it is, everything all matters. And the reason why I love what I do with money is because it's almost like the window to the soul, right? The things that affect your sexual life also affect your finances. And honestly, money worries is one of the main things that women concern themselves about. And it's why we don't do the things that we want to do. So, I mean, I literally cannot think of a better platform to come have this conversation. So, Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. As you were saying that it was making me think of one of the money books I've read in a year's past. I read this fabulous book about women and money, and he talked about how his father was in finances and his father repeatedly had women come in as their spouses had died and they didn't know what was going on with the finance. And if somebody hadn't been honest like his dad, they could have taken full advantage of these women. And so now his whole platform is to help empower women with money. Just so curious. I wish I could remember the name of that book at this point, but but I, I think that it is so powerful for us. Absolutely. It is powerful because the thing is this, a lot of us, the way we think about money, the way we deal with money is a reflection of stories and information that we've gathered throughout our lives, like anything else, right? It's like, you know, if I grew up with a mom that can cook, I may or may not pick that up. I may choose to love cooking or hate cooking because all mama did all day was cook, like whatever, right? So the same applies with money as well, where you may gather some sort of learning from your upbringing, how your parents treated money or not. Maybe they didn't have money. Maybe we never talked about money. Maybe money was an adult only conversation. Right. And when you're in a relationship, like you bring that in and your significant other also has their own baggage. Right. And what happens is a lot of times, you know, we've been taught that discomfort is a bad thing. So whenever it comes to talking about money, it feels a little uncomfortable. And we're like, "Uh, we don't want to do that stuff. So we run away from it and we assume and hope that someone else is going to take care of it. Right. What I have found with working with women is probably about 60 to 70 percent of the time when women actually start to learn about money, they realize that the person they've trusted with it was not doing as good of a job as they thought. Right. So it's like, well, I thought my husband or my advisor had it all figured out. And now that I'm more empowered, now that I know, I realize that 
you know, they actually didn't have it all figured out like I thought. So my point is there's so much benefit to us knowing the stuff, because even if let's assume that your spouse or your advisor had it all figured out. Now you bring your own brain into it. And we know that women's brains are amazing and beautiful. And we have this, it's actually pretty crazy. We have this amazing innate gift of being multidimensional, like 3D in the way we think. So now imagine bringing that 3D-ness into our money lives. So even if the other person was doing a great job at it, we get to improve that even further, right? By bringing our own ideas into it. So there's literally no downside to getting your money figured out. There's literally no downside to empowering yourself as well. I agree. There's no downside. (laughs) It's only, no, no. I relate so much with so much of what you said. I mean, grew up on a dirt road. Mom didn't manage the money. There was never enough money and we didn't really talk about it, right? And so it's so funny that even as I become a physician and I'm actually making real money now, Whenever I got married, I kind of assumed my husband was going to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, how absurd that I am a breadwinner. I'm, I'm earning my own money, but I'm hoping somebody else will just kind of handle that for me. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very common. I mean, if you think about it, we all want someone else to clean up on our hand, right? It's right. Like, even if you're, <laughs> your parent with kids, you're like, oh, can someone else like feed those kids? Because I'd rather do something else right now. I'd rather, you know, just sit down and chill or whatever. But the bottom line is we do things all day that we don't necessarily want to do, but we know that it's for the greater benefit of ourselves, of our community, of our goals in the long term. And this just falls into one of those. Yes, you can ignore it, right? Especially if you make a lot of money, you can hide under a lot of cash. However, what happens is when things change, when circumstances change, like we saw with COVID-19, where incomes were affected. And now people that have kept the secret for so long can no longer hide the secret. And my hope is that we don't have to wait until like something really bad or dramatic or drastic, like a pandemic happens before we solve this problem that already exists. Like we can solve it now so that we can truly have this money and use it in a way that's meaningful in a way that's purposeful, in a way that reflects our value. Because Mm -hmm. I truly believe that when women have money, we do crazy stuff with it in a good way, right? We give, we build. Even while we spend it on ourselves, we give more, we build communities with it. So I I literally like leave dream of women having money every day because I think it will solve a lot of problems in this world today, to be honest. All right, so yes. So say that a woman is listening and she's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what my net worth is. I don't know how to even get started. What would you recommend? Maybe they feel shame around money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So here's the deal. Since your podcast is about women's health, I know we talk about, can talk about anything, including poop, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. All the things. things. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mention that Dr. Latifah is a gastroenterologist. (laughs) Yes, we talk about shit all day, literally. (laughs) But the thing is this, guys, everything grows, right? Everything grows. And shame is only going to grow. Not having money is only going to grow unless we do something else to it, unless we change the direction. It's like a car that's going, right? It's not going to go uphill. It's going to go downhill. So the easiest way 
the best way for you to continue the status quo is for you to do nothing and change nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, sure, let's see that. I'm not here to not change. So walk them to this podcast. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> right, the bottom line is this. I get it. It doesn't feel good. And I, you know, I haven't shared much about myself on this podcast, but everything that I do when it comes to money is a reflection of the journey that I've been through myself. So when you're like fear, check, shame, check, not having check, not having money conversations over the table, check, like having the husband be the one primarily in charge of money. That's how I grew up. My mom wasn't controlling the money. So there's going to be different versions of that for you. But the bottom line is I'm not here talking to you from the perspective of someone that doesn't get it. I get it. And it feels like crap. It does. Not changing feels like crap. Changing feels like crap until you change. And then it feels better. Once you've done the work, right? So shame is a feeling that you have. I promise you, it's not going to kill, right? So I want you to hold the shame. Don't let go of it. Don't try to get rid of it yet. But just understand that you can learn how to do money even with shame, right? And the more you learn, then at some point you can release the shame. Because a lot of times we want to release all that before we get started. But what you need to do is actually just get started, and little literally, steps. little steps, as easy as looking at where is my money actually going now? Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing fancy. Just ask yourself. It's like when someone comes into your home, right? <laughs> you know, you're looking at your security camera, they come in through the door and you're like, where are they going? Like, are they going upstairs? Are they going to the dining room? Are they like, literally, it's as simple as that when it comes to money. You earn this money. You spend time or energy or both earning it. Where is it going? Just answer that question. Like how much am I spending on my rent or mortgage? How much are we spending on food? And the thing is, a lot of times we start, but we stop because we're judging ourselves, right? We're letting those feelings overwhelm us. But when you get started, I always suggest just doing it from a curious place. Just be curious only and follow where the money is. If you can follow the money, see if you like where it's going or not. Are you surprised that you're spending money in that way? Or do you actually know you're spending money in that way? Are you surprised by how much you're spending there? Or are you like, oh, I had no idea. I was just paying this 200 bucks a month for this gym membership I haven't used in four years. Right. So it's as simple as that. Just start from somewhere. Start from somewhere. Okay. I think that that is a great point to just get started. And I love that you say, okay, let's look for the money leaks. Where is the money going? Are we aware of where the money is going? And setting up some sort of tracking system, right? Whether we're looking at our credit card statements or whether we're in Mint or YNAB or whatever budgeting app you use, you use the Excel spreadsheet. It can be anywhere. It can be as simple as you want it to be and suits you, right? I mean, I know that whenever I came to Latifa, I was trying my best to fit into YNAP and I really despised it. <laughs> and she said, why do you have to use YNAP? And I was like, oh, okay. So when you were talking Latifa, it made me think of like curiosity leads you. And I don't know if I got that from you or from a book, but that is one of those mottos that I write every week on my calendar. Let curiosity lead you. Stop judging yourself or judge yourself, whatever, but 
don't give you all yourself all of these shoulds, right? We tend to judge and be so hard on ourselves and we should ourselves to death. Like stop shitting about what you should have done with your money, right? Give your former self a hug. It's okay. We made mistakes and we want to do something different. So how do we get there? How do we develop that financial plan for where we want to go? Absolutely. So when you're saying that, one thing that comes to mind is this. Everything we have today when it comes to our finances or we don't have is the result of past decisions, past behaviors and past sort of like brain processes. Mm -hmm. Right. So essentially what we're going to create five years from now, one year from now is going to be the result of what we're doing today what we change in behaviors or what we think in today. The best way to let your future be the same as your current is to keep dragging the past with you. And that's what a lot of us do, right? We're like, but I've made mistakes in the past. It's almost like we're like with ourselves over and over and over again. And that is number one, the best way to not change the future. And number two, it's actually the best way to avoid doing the actual work. So sometimes it's easier for us to whip ourselves and like drag our past mistakes from us because we're like, it feels familiar yeah. and comfortable. It's like carrying and, a hairy duffel, a duffel bag, a heavy duffel bag. You're trying exactly. to get through the airport. <laughs> exactly. You just, and just keep it. loading things on. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing that I want you to keep in mind that even though your brain is like, well, but I've screwed up in the past, it may actually be an excuse that's deflecting you from doing the work that you need to do in order to create the future that you want to create, right? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, one thing I wanted to also make sure I talk about is a lot of times as women, we spend a lot of time talking about like budgeting and how we're spending. And I think we can do ourselves a whole lot of disservice if we don't talk about how to actually grow our money. Yes, yes. Right. So let's not like I want you to know where your money is going. I want you to think about your spending plan and all that stuff. But I also want you to just think about how you are earning money. Right. Because men, a lot of talks about men, it's about how to earn more. And a lot of our talks is like how to like stop spending. It's like, let's do both. <laughs> right. 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 Let it flow. Right. Let it flow. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, let's do that. Let's earn more money. Let's say yes to having more money because money is a tool for good, for impact. So let's diversify that income. And I don't care what you do. You could be a teacher. You could be an artist. You could be a you know, social media expert. You could be a CPA. Like whatever it is, how are you diversifying your money? Meaning when you are not out there like exchanging your time for money in a one-to-one ratio, how are you earning more? Are you investing in like the stock market. And it doesn't have to be like complicated or crazy. Like what are you doing right now and how can you amplify that? Right. What else can you do? How can you do learn a skill set that you may already possess and like teach many people as opposed to teaching one person only? So I want us to start getting into that habit of talking about how to earn more money without needing to always exchange our time for it in a one-to-one ratio. Right, yes. Right. And understanding that we don't necessarily have to work for a boss. We don't have to work for a company in order to make money, right? There are so many ways. You have a skill set, you have a passion, you can create a course and sell it online. I mean, you wake up with excellent example of that. You are, I mean, I know it's your podcast, but I'm just going to brag about you for five seconds, if I may. I mean, you are an example of that. And there's nothing wrong with working for someone if that's your thing, right? But being the CEO of your life, being the CEO of your business, right? Learning that this is going to be uncomfortable 
but your goal, your mission is so strong. You're like, I want to work for myself. I want to help women have better, you know, gynecological health. I want them to like have a healthy pregnancy. I want them to have a healthy delivery. I want us to eat our cake and have it. And that desire to help women is what gets you up every day to do your podcast, to show up at work, right? And to be the CEO where you're like, you know what? To run a business, I have to be a great doc. I have to be a know my numbers. I have to be able to feel uncomfortable. I have to leverage my relationships. And I cannot think of a better example of that than you right now. So thanks for what you do. Thank you so much. I mean, you're right. It's an absolutely uncomfortable process and it's so much learning. And you kind of feel like when you're done with school, maybe you're done learning. Right? <laughs> it is an ongoing education. The school of hard knocks just keep on going. But yes, it, I love inspiring women to live their passion. And I recently kind of inadvertently coached my massage therapist. <laughs> Yeah. And she comes back in with her notepad, like making notes. And it all started with this conversation about what percentage she earned off of the services at the spa and that she was worth more than that. And so when I went back for a massage, she goes, Friday is my last day and you might be disappointed. And she tells me her story. And I said, why would I be disappointed in your truth? This is beautiful. You're going on to the next thing, the next right thing for you. You know? So yes, empowering women is my jam. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And that brings up another great point, actually. Guys, I don't care what you're doing right now, where you're working. One of the lowest hanging fruits, like talking about leaving money on the table, is women are averagely under paid for what we already do yes what are you already doing we're like looking out there for like how can i earn more money when the source of the lowest angle for is like right in front of you where are you being underpaid right now where are you being underpaid so being willing to ask for a raise i think that a lot of women have a hard time approaching that subject absolutely because we're uncomfortable right that's the thing we're uncomfortable and why are we uncomfortable because we've grown up in a society and I don't care where you grew up United States you know Germany we've the bottom line is we've grown up in societies what we've been taught that women consciously and unconsciously should not really ask we should take what we're giving because you should just celebrate the fact that you have a job right now so don't get too greedy don't rock the boat because if you do we may just remember that there's a woman here and you may lose your job right and those are like the unconscious things we don't even know right so it's like just growing up in the society is one but then we are also victims of that as well we've bought into it so it is uncomfortable to ask for it but if you're willing to not let number one you can change how you think about it because you're already doing the work you're creating the service right you're giving the value and the thing is when you are leaving the money on the table, it's not like the money is automatically being given out to do, to go do good, right? right. Because, you know, if we get it to you, I know you will go do good with it. Yeah. So asking for our worth is, it's such an important, simple step because it's one, puts the money where it should be going because you're already doing the work, number one. Mm -hmm. But then also it puts you in a place where you can be the example of what's possible. And that's how we're going to change the future, right? Because when women are making less than men averagely, it's because you did not ask. You did not ask. If you ask, you're changing the statistics right there. 
Yes. So my, my sister is an HR and she always um, reminds me whenever I have this pondering, you know, what would a man do? <laughs> and when she asks me, it's like so clear. I know exactly what I would do. Isn't that silly? Like how we've been conditioned. Yep. Yep. True story. I mean, I had, have lots of stories to share about this, but I, two specifically, one, these are both physicians. One was, she found that she was getting paid about, I want to say 70 K or so less than her male colleague that started working after her. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why she found, because if we don't talk about money, we're never going to find out. The only reason why she found out was because this guy accidentally was having a conversation with her and talked about his paycheck. And she's like, what, what, what you mean you were getting paid that, that, so that had to change. And they went to HR, they both worked to HR together and they said, well, you didn't ask. That's it. You didn't ask. Another woman physician works in an academic hospital, which you would assume that, oh, everything is plain field. Right. You know, so level. You, you know, yeah. Everything is level. It's our standard package. She found out that she did not get, I believe it was 20 to 30 K sign on bonus that some of our other colleagues got. And again, she was told you didn't ask. You didn't ask. We just have to ask ladies and you have to know your worth. All right. When you talk about automating things when it comes to like having a plan for your money. So we've looked at our leaks. We looked at how we can make more money. We look at sources for, you know, asking and valuing our worth. Now we say, okay, I want to pay myself first and I want to start growing my money. What are the easiest steps when it feels so overwhelming, especially if you've not had those discussions about money and the stock market feels really scary. Yes, it does feel scary. And in fact, there are people whose goals are to make it feel scary to you so that you never do it. And you can always think you're incapable of doing your money yourself. I am all for simple. And the reason why I'm a fan of simple is because based on data and based on evidence, simple is successful, right? I don't care what the stock market really is doing on a day-to-day basis. The bottom line is I have decided that I'd rather spend the least amount of time, effective time as possible doing the stuff. So I've decided that something called index funds, and if you don't know what those are, you can go ahead and Google it. It's literally just like a combo, like a gumbo of stocks and bonds. That's it, a bowl of soup with different things in it. It's diversified within itself. It's diversified, right? So you can buffer the good and the bad, right? The upward shift, the downward shift. So essentially that's what I do for a lot of my stuff is simply deciding what index fund I want to invest in. And then every month, or you could do twice a month, depending on when your paycheck is coming, you can just decide how much you want going into those things you've already decided to invest in. The beauty of it is we know that as humans, there are things we, we want to do, but we don't spend the time doing it. So once you have this, what we call automated, meaning, okay, every month I get $1,000 that's going into this. Every month I get $5,000 that's going into this. Guess what happens 12 months down the road? You have put in 60,000, you have put in 12,000, you've put in 6,000, whatever it is. And you did not even have to manually go do it every month because you and I both know that you know, we may have the best intentions, but we don't necessarily do it. So automating is so important. You can do that for your investments. 
You can do that for your bills, especially if you're like me and you don't like paying interest on credit cards. Just have it automated so that every month it's all paid off. That way, what you can do is just have like a one time a month, like a one hour amazing date with yourself, your money plus or minus your spouse. Because single women need to like get their money each together as well. Right. You can have a date by yourself. You know, whatever it is you want to drink, water, juice, kombucha, beer, (laughs) wine, whatever it is. And just have that nice, sexy time with you, your money. Just check to make sure that the little things, the little mittens, you know, whatever it is you sent out there to make money for you are doing the things you told them to do. And that's just literally an hour a month where you're spending, making sure that everything you set up is happening like it is. There are no surprises. There are no things that are deactivated, no accidental bills that are being paid, no accidental charges, right? So automation saves lives, guys, do it, number (laughs) one. And then, but just remember that the fact that it's automated doesn't mean you don't ever go and check. Once a month, go there, make sure things are exactly as you intend for it to do. Because as you grow, your decisions are going to change. As you learn more, you may decide to do things differently. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that we always think, or we often think that it has to be all or nothing, right? Well, I don't have money for this or I need to pay this off. And so I don't have money to invest. No, you can actually do a little bit here and a little bit there. You can automate, even if it's 50 or $100 going into your savings account, right? If you, ha- if you haven't had a savings account before today and you start and you automate it, $100 a month, it's going to build up quick, you know, little by little, just little by little. And it could be something as small as that. Start by starting. Start by starting. And honestly, most people that work currently for someone already are investing in the stock market. If you have a 401k, that means you already are investing. So it may be as simple as asking yourself, what am I already doing and how can I optimize that, right? Right. And I know a lot of companies will send an advisor to meet with you so that you can go over all of what you're doing, what your goals are, what you can maximize and optimize. Absolutely. So use your resources. Use your resources. If you're not already maximizing your 401k, looking at what you actually are contributing and choosing to increase what you're contributing already is a step in the right direction. So it doesn't have to be like this huge, massive, crazy action. It's like little tweaks to what you may already be doing currently. Yeah, great advice. (laughs) Great advice. Okay, so you have some one-liners that just, I I look at them frequently because you've made these really cool cards to go with your money fit class. And I just want you to share some of these great (laughs) one-liners. Oh my goodness. So I'm going to have to like grab my phone and look at them because I love doing this because again, I want to make this as simple as possible, guys. Listen, and this is the other thing. A lot of times when we think about money, we think about all this masculine energy, all this like, you know, like this you know, whatever, put your chest forward. Like, what's the man? Like, it doesn't have to be. It literally can be simple and feminine and successful. And honestly, I think that every single person that's listening right now has the capacity to do that and create that. So, absolutely. I I listened to this great podcast yesterday and she was talking about women and money. And she said, what if we told little girls, you could be the CEO, you could be the president of the company, you could be, you know... If we we gave them this insight that they could be millionaires if they wanted to be, right? Yes. 
They can make money. You can earn money and you can manage your money well. Imagine that. We can tell little girls, you can save some, you can spend some, you can invest some. You don't always have to save everything. Yeah. Right. It's just little things. Right. And you may not even have kids, but your nieces, your nephews, whatever random kids, it's like dropping seeds everywhere. (laughs) Right. But we all get to be part of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's the little things. Yes. So I have a couple for you. Okay. I mean, you talked about pay your future self first. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important because a lot of times we think if we can, once we're done with all the expenses, whatever is left, we can save and invest. Living on the leftovers. Flip that. Yes. Yeah. Flip it. There is never going to be leftovers. Right. Save, invest and spend the rest. Right. That's, that's one thing that I definitely love. So I love this one too, because the way that we treat money is also a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So this one is love is patient. Okay. Love is kind. Love forgives. Who do I need to show love to today? Mm. Right. Because if you don't forgive other people, you can't forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're not patient with yourself, you're not going to be patient with your money and watch it grow. Mm-hmm. So just love is patient, love is kind. And sometimes kindness means you need to go shopping for yourself and go like <laughs> get a freaking massage. It's not Amen. All about saving, yes. right? Yes. Get a freaking massage. <laughs> Take that trip, right? But be kind to yourself. That's that's one thing that I want to talk about. And I love this one as a GI doc. And I'm rolling my eyes because they're going to be people rolling their eyes like, all right, did she just talk about poop? Yes, I did. I know. And your kids maybe listen to this podcast going, mommy, did she just talk about poop? Yes, she did. Right. So here's this one. You don't want to have diarrhea or constipation. Stop treating your money like that. Let it flow well. Right. So which means don't hoard. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when you're hoarding, you're probably not investing you're not giving, you're not growing. And I truly believe that the more you give, the more you will have. The only reason why givers may not have is because they don't have the capacity to receive, mm-hmm. meaning that they feel uncomfortable when they receive. But if you're a giver, you will have. So I definitely want you to not hoard money, but I also don't want you to have diarrhea where you're not keeping anything out. Where you're hemorrhaging money. <laughs> Oh, you have margin money, right? So it's sort of a balance of both. So I'm actually considering making those cards available because people have been asking me for it. I'm considering like having them available to be, you know, for people to buy an Amazon or something. Um, Why not? It's another stream of income. We'll see. It's been, um, it's been, uh, it's definitely a love project. It literally was me sitting down and saying, what do I want to whisper to my women? Like, what do I want women to here and nourish themselves with every day so they can just because there's so much that just tells us what we're not and so Mm -hmm. much that tries to like twist the truth so in my mind if I can just infuse my women with this bit them every day which is a word a sentence and just remind them of how amazing they are and I don't have to keep that I mean y'all are my women so I may just make it available (laughs) out in the world I think you should it is a fabulous deck of cards that really reminds you of your worth and how to think about your money. Because even though we've talked about a lot of practical tips, a large part of our money is our mindset. Amen, sister. Our mindset, our psychology, and that affects our behavior. Absolutely. Those we would just be like lottery winners that win and lose everything. Or yeah. it would be like that definition of rich that we don't want to identify with in order for you to have money and be that juicy, like that marinated, beautiful, full version. It mm-hmm. takes work, but it's work that is 
so worth it. I don't ever want to have a penny if it's not like juicy, sipping richness. And that's what <laughs> we get to create. It's like just rich life. And that's yes. what it's about. Yes, absolutely. Because that impacts our relationships, that impacts our health, that impacts the choices that we make for our bodies and our families, right? And so that's how it all ties in our money and our health. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're such a treasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for those listening. Make sure you listen to her episode every week because she's amazing. She has so much goodness to share. And even as someone that's worked as her coach in the past, just having her be a colleague in the space of empowering women is a gift. And if you found her, it means you're on the right track. So keep listening. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Dr. Latifa. I just love you. (laughs) Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community, thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.